Hi, I'm Dr. Sean. Welcome to No Mask, No Cape, the podcast that shares tips and techniques to help you learn how to rest, restore, renew, and refill. You're listening, so congratulations. Let your healing journey begin. Hey y'all, it's Dr. Sean. Welcome back to No Mask, No Cape. So excited to be here today as I am every time I show up because when I show up uh, for others, I always have to show up for myself first, which brings me to our topic for today. Want to heal somebody? Heal yourself. So the reason this is coming up in part is, you, you know, as you know, I spend a lot of time with a variety of, of clients and I have a large circle of big hearted friends. And as I am working with people or, or talking to people, everyone is always so considerate of the things they want to do for others, of how they want to reach out and the nonprofits they want to start and the way they could, you know, um, enhance someone's life or you know, erase someone's pain, of course, something that we technically can't do, but that's a side note. And it, it has occurred to me, not occurred to me, it's been revealed to me repeatedly over the last few weeks through um, quotes that I've found and through readings that I've been doing that really uh, a healing journey begins with healing ourselves. And that's in part what led me into a more active practice is when I realized that if I were going to continue to pour into others, uh, and I quickly watched my cup draining, that I had to figure out a way to refill myself. So there's a quote I'm going to share with you by Lao Tzu. Um, and it says, if you want to awaken all of humanity, then awaken all of yourself. If you want to eliminate the suffering in the world, then eliminate all that is dark and negative in yourself. Truly, the greatest gift you have to give is that of your own self-transformation. Love, 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 love that quote. And you can see me like grinning, right? Because if you know me, you know I'm like super excited right now. Now my eyes are big and you know I'm all engaged. But it's because I see, I hear, I realize the truth in that statement really fully for the first time. I think I cognitively knew it a while back, you know, maybe five or six years ago. I was like, you know, I got to work on me and I get myself right and everything else. And yet I still repeatedly said yes to things that I really probably should have considered, you know, in terms of what it was going to take out of me. I still hesitated on saying no. I still thought, what will people think if I don't show up at this event or if I don't swing by or if I don't, you know, roll through. But honestly, you know, if I accepted every invitation, if any of us accepted every invitation that everybody ever gave us, you know, we would always be uh, putting others before us and, and not really considering what we need. But as I think about my role, my role in the lives of others now, which is now a little more prominent as I do this for a living, um, I had to really figure out, like, how's the, what's the best way I can show up for others? And it was like this big epiphany when I realized that I don't really have to do a whole lot to show up for others, but make sure I'm doing my work so that when I'm 
talking with someone, that when I'm in session with someone, when I'm having a conversation with someone on the street, that I'm not projecting my stuff onto them, that I'm not, you know, enabling, that I'm not rescuing, that I'm not doing codependent behaviors. I'm glad you asked. What does that look like? Yes, let's talk about codependency. It's been a theme when we talk about this healing, right? And then we're going to talk about what it's like to be distracted from your work. So I'm going to make a note about distraction because I don't want to forget that. And again, if you know me, you know, my mind gets a popping. Um, so let's talk about codependency. One of the things, you know, that has come to me over my years of, of growing and learning and just trying to figure out my journey is that if I always throw someone a life preserver, how are they ever going to learn how to swim? And that's, that's really the crux of codependent behavior, in part because if my role, you know, as a lifeguard is that I have to throw the, the, the preserver out there to have some worth, then I'm actively looking for people who need one, right, who are drowning or need to be saved, quote unquote. And then their, you know, their role is to get that. And so they're always drowning, looking for someone to throw one. I'm always looking for someone to throw the life preserver to. So codependency, what happens in a relationship is my identity becomes based in part on you playing a role, and then that allows me to play a role, and I need you to stay in that role so that I can, you know, continue to, you know, um, have my worth, to believe in, in my, my, you know, self and my importance or whatever it is. Without that, you know, then I don't feel grounded or settled or, or whole, actually. And we talk about this when we talk about family systems theory, is that when people start to shift, when people shift out of those roles, and when someone starts to grow and change, the whole family goes into a disarray because everyone's role had been so carefully choreographed around these, these very particular sets of behaviors, you know, that, that shifts can be disruptive, right? But you know, out of chaos, magic is often born. So not to fear the chaos of codependent uh, shifts and codependent behavior, um, but recognizing it and then lovingly addressing, you know, when I am actually doing something, when I'm saying yes, when I am making dinner, when I am taking my kids' homework over to the school at 2 p.m. because they forgot it, whatever it is, you know, am I, is that action helpful, right? Is it truly helpful, you know, or is it fulfilling my need to be needed? Um, and in some ways, you know, not allowing that person to feel consequences or develop themselves more fully or anything along those lines. And I have to tell you, my generation, again, I am, I'll be 52 here. By the time you hear this, I will be 52. So let's just say I'm 52. Okay. So I'm 52, and in my generation, you know, we felt a lot of consequences. I didn't have a cell phone, so if I forgot to bring something to school, let's say lunch or lunch money or homework, I was just SOL, this, this, you know, which means I got a zero for the day, or I had to you know, bum money off a friend, or maybe I was even hungry, and guess what? I survived. I'm still here. But then when I had children, and I noticed that from my generation, I see this a lot, that we really try to provide levels of what I think we perceive to be uh, comfort and advantage. I think we really thought we were giving them, you know, if I did all of this, 
And this is how, you know, I my upbringing was, not saying that they were, you know, anything pejorative. Then we're thinking if I give it, you know, with a little more, this will make it, you know, easier, quote unquote. And now we ended up with a generation of, of kids that in some ways don't really know how to figure things out. Their problem solving skills seem a little, uh, shall we say, suspect. And I, and I know that from working with them in higher ed, right? Where I'm like, okay, so what's your plan B? Okay, they don't have one. What's your plan C? Like, can we just, let's just pause and think in the moment. So if you're always throwing someone, you know, a lifesaver, um, a life preserver, uh, they won't learn how to swim. And I've definitely seen that happen. And I'm still catching myself um, trying to figure out the balance between really being helpful to someone and when I'm really just trying to feed my own ego. And so watching that. But the other thing that happens when we are actively out trying to engage with others or rescue others is that it can be a really big distraction from our own work. Because if I am pointing out what someone else needs or how I can, you know, help the people learn how to do a resume or help these kids learn this or help someone learn how to get out of a relationship that's not in their best and highest good, then I don't have to think about my own crap. And we all have our own stuff, right? The best way we can help others is to not be distracted by outside things, whether that's shopping or, you know, shiny object syndrome, any of those things, but to actually, actually do the hard work. And it is hard work. I hesitated before I said that one because, you know, first of all, people don't like the word hard and they don't like the word work and you put them together. That's a double whammy. But it is. But it's so rewarding that if you knew on the other side of everything that was blocking you from your full you, on the other side of that was the joy and the peace and the, the contentment that you're actively seeking by pouring into others, by treating others in, in ways that you hope that maybe they'll see how much I've done for them and somebody will you know stand up for me and someone will treat me this way and someone will be this thoughtful for me. If you want those things, how about we develop language skills and we tell people what we would like, right? Then people will know how to treat you. If you tell them, if you show them, this is what I need, this is what I like. But playing, you know, let's play, you know, <laughs> guess my needs game. You know, that's I can tell you from again from personal experience, it doesn't work that well. And I think my husband might, you know, agree to that one. But again, we don't like to bring him into this thing. You know, let's leave him out on the side a little bit. He can don't start asking him questions. I don't want all my stuff out there. But anywho. So if you want to work on a healing journey, if you want to be a better partner, you want to be a better um, mother or father, you want to be a better worker, you want to be a better human, start with you. And I tell you, it's contagious when you start feeling better, when you start smiling from the inside, when you start having kind of a I don't know, a glow, kind of a light, an attraction. It's contagious. The people that you'll come in contact with, they'll feel better simply because you have started to feel better. You started to feel more peaceful. You started to feel more at ease. So if you ever feel selfish, 
because you think, oh, I should really be doing X, Y, and Z instead of this yoga class or this meditation or this walk or this journaling or even simply this 10 minutes that I'm going to take to think about myself and my needs. If you ever feel like there's something else I should be doing, side note, I don't know if we talked about should yet, but here we go. Let's eliminate that word from your vocabulary. It's a sure way to say you failed. Anything you should have been doing means you didn't do it and you're beating yourself up over it. So that's an easy fix. But if there's anything that sometimes you feel my energy should be here instead of here, don't feel selfish about it. Putting yourself first is really the way, it's the way to make a change. So and that change always and always starts with us. So if you'd like to join our community around this change, you know, check us out. You visit my website, www.drshawnricks.com or check me out on social media at drshawnricks.com. Um, that's it for today. And so until next time, be well and choose you. Bye. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace counseling. If you feel you need additional help on your journey, please seek the services of a licensed professional. The views and opinions stated on this podcast are those of the contributors and not those of our distributors or hosting companies. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without express written consent of Dr. Sean Ricks.